everybody, Coach John Daly here back again. Uh, today's date is August 9th, 2018. Not quite sure when the show is coming out in the next few days, but uh, you'll definitely want to stay tuned and listen to this because I have a very special guest today. Coach Rich Pop is here with me in studio, the mobile studio. Um, Coach Rich and I have known each other for a couple of years since he's been here at Lakeshore. Um, he's done a fantastic job, not only as dean of students, but also as our head varsity football coach. And he has come in to speak in my classes. He does a fantastic job behind the scenes at this school and in front of the scenes, uh, putting kids first. And that's what I definitely wanted to touch upon a little bit today. So, Coach Rich Pop, how the heck are you? I'm fantastic. Been a great summer. How about you, John? Doing great, too. Doing great, too. Anytime I can sit down with you, man, it's always good. I feel the same, so there we go. Amen. Why don't you start off a little bit and tell our listeners... uh, Maybe how, where you grew up, your upbringing, uh, how you got an education, and uh, what brought you to this point in your life? Sure. I grew up in uh, Westland, Michigan. Got a, an opportunity to go to Livonia Public Schools, which at the time was real progressive. Uh, did things ahead of some other people in terms of AP, college prep, those kinds of things. So I kind of followed that route. Uh, was fortunate enough to be blessed with some ability to play football. So I got to play football and baseball there. Um, earned a double scholarship on to Wayne State. For baseball, which I only played one year because I became the starting quarterback as a sophomore at Wayne. I did finish four years out there. Uh, when I lost the scholarship uh, for baseball, I was uh, earned one for college of education, which was something my coach actually pursued and told me to go look at, and that came through. And through those experiences, and now, you know, my 32nd year of teaching, growing up with two parents who both were teachers, uh, ironically not the reason I became one, we might get into that later, I'm not sure, but, um, you know, learned a lot of lessons of, you know, the things that you did yesterday often affect your opportunities that you get tomorrow, Mm. and it's such an interesting uh, opportunity for me now as a teacher to let young kids know that you're paving your way every single day. And when you live with that mindset, you know, you don't take a lot of breaks in terms of, you know, I'm always kind, you know, be kind, you know, you're always giving, be giving. Uh, Always take opportunities to help others when you can. And I promise you, not only is it extremely rewarding, uh, but someday someone has noticed that you have no idea noticed and they want to give you a call and maybe talk to you about a job or, hey, maybe you can help out this person or that person. I really like the way you do this or that. Uh, you know, kind of how I'm on this show right now. I mean, I, I perceive that you like some of the things that we did together in the classroom and talk to kids. Yep. And so, you know, those are the opportunities that open up if you're always being that person. Um, never looking back to see who's looking or watching, but you're just always doing it. Hmm. Um, you know, true character comes to light uh, in the dark. Like when no one else is around is when you're showing your true character. Hmm. And, and living that way has uh, been very beneficial for me and, and the group of friends uh, with whom I surround myself. That's awesome. Man, yeah. you brought up a couple great points there. Uh, you brought up your parents, mom and dad, so a couple things. What did you learn from both of them? And then you also mentioned they were in education, but that wasn't necessarily the reason why you went into education. So it sounds like you decided on education being a career in college? Uh, no, actually I knew when I was 13 years old I oh, wanted wow. to be a teacher, a coach, and a parent. Okay. I mean, I knew I, oh I was uh, destined to be those. and, and That's powerful. And it is. It was really powerful because, and I'll never forget this, uh, one of the girls in our class, we were doing mock elections, and uh, what will you be remembered for? And mm. she walked up to me and said, you'll always be remembered as the dad. And I was in ninth grade. I go, what do you mean the dad? <laughs> well, Rich, you always just had good advice. So back to my parents and what they taught me, 
when you put others first, you know, what are the needs of others prior to your own? You always then can offer advice that pertains to them. It's not necessarily what you would choose, but it would be best for them to choose. Mm. And when you're genuine with that, often people take your advice because they realize it's truly for them and it's not something you think they should do. You know, so the path of education I took, um, I had two very intelligent parents. Um, a little bit of that rubbed off of me, unfortunately not enough. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, very intelligent, very well-read, uh, both well-rounded people, both who liked other people and were liked by other people. And just observing that alone in their behaviors and their mannerisms and their welcoming of others at all time really helped shape who I am. It's no wonder I did go into education, but I truly chose it because I didn't like school. Mm. And and I went to school in a time where the old blue copier dittos gets your hand on it. Whoosh, whoosh, I can hear it now. <laughs> and when you finished one, you got another. And when you finished the second one, you got a third. Until math time was over, as an example. Mm. Well, Jimmy next to me got an A, and I got an A, but he only did one ditto. I did three. <laughs> I just didn't see the, you know, hold on here. And, of course, my eyes were always out the window. When's recess? When's recess? Because, mm. quite frankly, I, I am sure I would have been labeled and been on the medication and probably maybe would have been helping me be a better student because I was always antsy, everything moving all the time. Drove my teachers a little batty, you know. Yeah. And uh, So, anyway, I, I chose it because I wanted to create an environment that was conducive to positive learning where kids could be open. It wasn't always dead silent. Um, it wasn't circus fun, right. but it was fun. So when technology opened at, towards the end of my teaching career, nothing could have been better. Because it was a great opportunity for kids to answer, why do I go to school? Let's go find out why you go to school. Pick a job. What do you want to be? And they could go research that job, see the education needed, see the skills needed, and have an understanding of why. So all that kind of wrapped up into, I, I think I made a really good choice, you know, 1988, beginning this gig. Wow, yeah. fantastic. So, yes, you did. I find it very uh, intriguing that your classmate in ninth grade mentioned that she saw you. Because sometimes we have to take what other people see in us to actually maybe even have that light switch turn on in our own minds of, of seeing ourselves like that. So this, this, this young lady that mentioned that to you, that was... It sounds like it was pretty shocking at that time, and you, you point back to it now all these years later. It's kind of being a pivotal pivotal point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it is uh, almost 40 years later she said it. You know, I was 13 or 14, and and I still remember that vividly. I can picture myself in the hallway outside the gym and her saying it to me. Wow. That's how powerful the moment was. And I spoke to her not too long ago because when I was in, in school, it was uh, seven, eight, nine junior high. Okay. So yep. I didn't start high school till 10th grade. So we were the last ninth grade class. So a lot of powerful moments happened then because really the educational um, track for all of the rest behind us was different. Mm -hmm. So we all knew that. We still gather as a ninth grade class every year mm. and have a little reunion. So it's wow. pretty cool, yeah. And she was there a couple of years ago, and I went up to her and said, you know, Karen, i got to tell you, you know, that, that day you said that to me, and she remembered saying it. Really? She said, Rich, I remember saying that to you. Mm -hmm. So talk about a moment of giving back and forth without recognizing as a teenager you did, but it's a, a lifelong impactful moment. And again, speaking back to always understanding you're paving your path, here's a person who, who may have turned the corner for me in terms mm -hmm. of a decision. At the time, had no idea. Right. 
and now it looks back like, wow, how powerful your statements could be. Yeah. So that's an, that's amazing because what she actually did was laid a couple of the bricks in your path for you to go on forward in a certain direction. Absolutely. You know, and a, it, a lifelong direction. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, and I'm so cool. It's so cool to hear that you have thanked her for that. Yes. You know. Yeah. Uh, because there's not many. We've been around high school kids a long a long time. There's not many ninth graders that, or maybe we don't know about them, that had that conversation with each other that has that lasting impact. But yeah. words are powerful, aren't they? Absolutely. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Man, are there other people from your past? Uh, you mentioned a football coach uh, in college. Are there other people, whether it be coaches, teachers, or even friends, that you still had a, a huge impact, like this young lady did on you, that really, you looking back, man, this person, this person, this person. Are there a couple other people from back then that... Uh, that it had an impact on you? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I became uh, best friends with uh, a man who was actually my brother's age. And he and my brother, my brother's now a doctor, extremely intelligent. I think that's where all the parents' intelligence went to, by the way. <laughs> um, but he's phenomenal. Anyway, he was friends with this kid, and uh, we started hanging out a little bit. And, you know, I was the older brother kind of thing to him, and he didn't have any brothers. He was the oldest uh, child in his family. Well, then just one day I said, hey, you know what? I'm playing ball at Wayne State now. He's still in high school. You, you want to go down and lift with me? He's like, sure. And literally from that point forward, uh, we, we talk on the way to work every morning. Mm. Every single morning, way to work. You wow. know, it's a yeah, 6.30 in the morning call. I'm driving, he's driving. Uh, so, and then the learning for me was, hey, grab the hand of someone, pull someone's arm, get them in your car, take them with you. Mm. And see what happens. He ends up going on to be a middle linebacker at Eastern Michigan. Mm-hmm. He is now a very successful businessman with a company in Detroit. Um, and, and I'm not saying that's me. I'm just saying, look what happens when you bring someone along right. to take part in some of the positives you have in your life. Uh, so the rubbing off, again, going back to education, realizing everything you do is going to have some effect on someone. Let's make sure it's a positive one if we can. Very good. You know, and that's in our control. Yeah, yeah oh, my God. And I know that's the message you um, offer to our students, both in your role uh, as dean of students, uh, walking the hallways, in the lunchroom, uh, with the special ed kids, with whoever, with your team, you know, and I think that's very powerful. Um, I know you've had a big impact uh, on Coach Will. Coach Will has uh, been on my show before, and he mentioned about um, the books that you have your staff reading. Is there a current book that you guys are reading now, or was there one uh, previously that uh, they've read? And uh, I want to touch upon books and the importance in your life on those two. Yeah, I, uh, we are re- reading a Dale Carnegie book, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Nice. And the, the parts of that book, most of it pertains to business life, but extremely, extremely high-level um, of all of it pertains to what we do in coaching and teaching. It's just a different you know, venue, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, the book talks about one of my favorite parts is you never win an argument. Mm-hmm. Someone says, well, what do you mean you don't win an <laughs> argument? You know, I, if I mm-hmm. prove my point, I've won my argument. Well, you may have proven your point, and you may have won that point, but did you lose respect or part of a relationship with somebody? And what's more important, proving that you know that's a red instead of uh, off-orange? Or keeping a relationship with somebody and saying, hey, you know what, I can see how you see it as an off-orange. I guess I just see it as red. Hey, well, let's go grab uh, Jimmy John's. Yeah. You know, whatever the case may be. 
And in, in the case of uh, Will and uh, several of my other coaches, I, I just bought four copies and they're kind of circulating around uh, those copies. And what it provides us is an opportunity to speak on a common platform that's outside of coaching, but absolutely is shaping what we're doing as a group. Because we too are a team. Right. You know, with, with our players in the program being the most important part of what our team does every single day. And so that open platform, we just had a barbecue at Will's house. He's such an incredible person. Opens his house, opens everything to us at all times. Uh, and again, had a barbecue over there. And I said, hey, who's read this? And of course, he popped up, hey, I'm on this chapter. And we started talking about some of the things. And just real quickly, I brought a guy up who was going to sell some stadium seating or theater seating to a big, big wig in, in New York many years ago. He said, hey, can I have a meeting with so-and-so? And the secretary said, I don't know if you can have that. He just waited and waited and waited. Okay, maybe you can have five minutes. Four hours later, he left the meeting, and they didn't have one conversation about seating. It was all about personal stuff, and I heard you did this with this, and I heard you do that with that, and your family this. And he went back to wherever his location was, and he got the contract for seating. Wow. Didn't say a word about it. I need to seat your place. Right. It was all about building a relationship. Mm -hmm. So the book's about building relationships as the most important and the foundation of what you're going to do to move forward. You see it every day in, in class, John. When you build a relationship with students, you can critique them and they don't take it negatively. You can praise them and they take it positively. They grow as a person because you built the relationship, not because you're teaching them technology. Mm -hmm. And it's phenomenal to watch that. That's a great point. It, it reminds me, I just had uh, coffee with a former student, uh, Austin, this morning um, over at Tim Hortons, and he was telling me and how much of an impact I made on him that he didn't see it until after he was done with school. And he didn't let me know until this morning about just greeting him at the door and, you know, letting him. He always knew that I knew that he wasn't doing all his work, but I wasn't there throwing the hammer down on his head. I just kept encouraging, encouraging. You know, get some stuff in. Let me help you. Come and see me. Let's talk. You know, just kept up with that. And uh, to hear him mention that this morning was, was outstanding. And uh, I know you get it all the time, but I also know there's plenty of people out there that probably haven't told you that will, and/or they're they're telling you by their actions with others. Because I think your players, for example, seeing that the coaches have read this one book together, and you know, if it comes out at some point in time during the year, that yeah got this book and they see you doing this together that's a powerful thing that's a powerful lesson uh, that, that you're showing that you're showing with those kids that's well, outstanding we're, we're the models yes end of story yes and if any parents are listening and any educators are listening uh it, it's tough for kids to see us as very wise until they're old enough to see us as wise mm, yes. when my son turned 25 i became really smart again <laughs> <laughs> your ranking went up <laughs> exactly and i don't know how old austin is uh, he is probably close to that age. So yeah. there, there's an understanding at that point Absolutely. because now they've lived a little life. They've made some mistakes. They can hear us literally talking about them that many years from now, maybe the seven if they're 18 and now they're 25, that, hey, this is going to happen, that, and now it's happening. Mm -hmm. So now we've become wise again. And, and for parents, it's the same way. I have six children beyond blessed with that. Uh, but at one time I had five teenagers mm. and thank God for my wife who was just a miracle 
uh, because she kept us together, but now they're getting older. My youngest just graduated, so we're pretty smart again. It feels really good, to be honest with you. That's awesome. That's <laughs> but awesome. it's coming. It's coming. Boy, so all the, out of all the hats you wear as a coach, an educator, uh, a husband, a father, um, I know they're not, they're, they are interchangeable, they are interconnected, right? Going on fatherhood, what does that mean to you? And has it been, when you were 13, Ah, oh, you're such a dad, you know, somebody telling you that. Is it all that you thought it could be? Is it more? Is it, what, what's it been like for you being a father? The timing of that question couldn't be any better because I stood before my team the other night after both Will and Ray, another one of our coaches, passionately described some stuff, mm-hmm. each of them talking for a half an hour as if it were two minutes. I stood before the kids and I said, I hope someday you have this passion within you that you can stand at a board in front of a group of people and talk for a half an hour and only basically shave and skim the surface, truly, of what they could do. But the passion is so deep and so great. And then my following statement was, someday you'll do something great. I said, the greatest thing I've ever done in my entire life, and I measure everything by it, is being a dad. Mm. Because if you think about what it is to be a parent, you're going to send off your son or daughter who's going to meet upteen thousands of people and in them you live. Mm. So who are you within them? And boy, if that doesn't shape your parenting, I don't know what will. That's amazing. Yeah, so very, very powerful. That's a great story. I love that. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Will and Ray, uh, both former students here. Um, I know them well from being students and they are passionate and how much of a difference does it have uh, for your team that you have guys on your staff that just a few short years ago were walking the same hallways, sitting in the same classroom? What, what kind of impact do those young coaches have on, on your team? Well, it's absolutely astounding because all the steps they took, our kids are now taking. Mm. And there's nothing better than to have a predecessor literally just 10 years ago or so who's doing all the things that you want to do. And you can see in them the success, the hard work, the passion. And you know, each young boy can look in the mirror and go, that can be me because I watched it happen now. I know someone who's done it. And they did it within these walls. That's why it was imperative I get people who had played here before. Because once you bring some of the past, uh, even though it's not that long ago, but in a young person, and put them in front of the boys, ridiculously powerful. I, I, I could not have hired two better people, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, and I love to hear the fact that they stood and talked for that long, you know, without cue cards, there's no PowerPoint, you know, there wasn't anything written from a script, and just speaking from the heart, that is amazing. Absolutely. That's fired absolutely. up. You have lit the match with those two. Those two are going places. Oh, I'll tell you what, well, and, and you know, I don't know when this will happen, but it is absolutely my intention that uh, that Will Povlowski become the next head coach here. Mm. Uh, as an alumni member, as a, a longtime staff member, kids love him beyond, you know, words. He's the gym teacher here, he's the go-to for everything, and for many staff. And anytime you smile, just walk by him. Yeah. Yeah, don't have to say a word. Just walk by him, and he's got a big smile going. It, it is infectious. He sure does. So that's absolutely an intention in terms of always having a plan for the future as well. Yeah, looking ahead a little bit. So that obviously brings up the point that you do not plan on doing this forever. No, I do not. And there, were, there is some things coming up for you that you are, are working for. 
is it five, ten years? You know, could it be tomorrow? I mean, what are some of your future plans as far as staying in education, moving up north? What are, what are some plans for, for you and your wife and your family? Well, speaking of, of my miracle wife, Carolyn, uh, she has gotten uh, me to be some organized, and uh, five years we kind of reevaluated all times. Mm. Well, I'm on year three. Okay. So in a couple of years will be a solid evaluation. I will actually be up for retirement at the time if I so choose. Um, you know, a lot of it is, you know, it's some of it, a lot of it really, almost all of it is, is what does God kind of have planned for you? Yes. And what is that path you need to walk? Mm. And what do you need to live? And they're really two different things. You know, you, mm. you can walk a path, but you live a path as well. Yes. And when, you know, he calls to make that change, and I, and I think some of the things that you discuss that might be uh, me working towards, I think are starting to come into place with that. Mm. Uh, so a lot of that's up to him. And, and knowing that I'll leave, when I do leave, this program to just an incredible person certainly makes that a heck of a lot easier. Oh, absolutely. You know, my wife has retired from public education, currently teaches at Brother Rice, so she isn't fully retired, but she's also looking, hey, in the next two years, I need to make some changes as well. Right. Um, so we're both kind of excited to be on that same same track. Absolutely. It sounds like it. It sounds like you got somebody in your wife great in your corner. You guys talk about these things together, getting on the same page. As a Catholic Central alumni, I am a little bummed that such a classy woman <laughs> is working at Brother Rice, making them better uh, for whatever uh, she does there. But she has a very positive effect, I'm sure, on a, on a great school uh, like Brother Rice, which is great to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Hear. absolutely. Coach Pop, what do you like to do for fun besides coaching football and besides being a dad and a husband? Are there things you like doing? Um, do you get time away? Do you, do you have certain things every year that you look forward to? going out and kind of uh, relaxing and rejuvenating the soul, so to speak. You know, it's interesting. I, I love so much what I do that it's fun. Hmm. So that is something that I've been blessed with. I mean, again, going in on 32 years now and wouldn't change anything for it uh, or change anything I've done. Uh, that said, I am a terrible relaxer. <laughs> I am terrible. I am just not good at it. I'm inept, period. I, I sit down in the chair for 20 minutes, and okay, I'm up and bop, bop. But um, we like to go down to Orlando. It's a nice place to go to when it's mm. cold here. Yes. So we try and do that at least once a year. Uh, but, but simplicity, really. I mean, we go for walks with our dogs. You know, that's how we kind of escape the every day. You know, I, you can't always be by the laundry and dishes because I do those too. So, you know, you, you got to take your turns. Uh, but we try and get away and, and do some things like that. But... Uh, as much as I'm uh, dedicated into what I do with, with children, so is Carolyn. Mm. And so we have an understanding there. Now, that said, I, I probably do put a little too much time in and need to make sure that I take care of those other things at home because you do have to be careful with that. You need to make sure that you know she knows she is the most important and my kids know they're the most important, especially you know I, I got in the building at 8 and I won't get home until 10 o'clock tonight. And that's a, you know, a couple, three weeks running, and that's a long time. So you got to make sure that when you have those days off, you're doing it right. Wow. Yeah. Sounds so. like you got it uh, figured out. Correctly. Well, I don't know about that, but I but I sure hope I, I'm doing it right because it's important for sure. You mentioned your dogs. I uh, retweeted uh, something I saw this morning where uh, try to be the person your dog thinks you are. Like they're always so dang excited when you walk in the door, and they you know you could be having the crappiest day, you could have made some bonehead decisions. They don't know about that. They just are so dang happy that you're there. 
Back to the Dale Carnegie book, it talks about if you think about all the animals on the earth, the dog is the only one that doesn't have to work for anything. They're fed, they get a great place to live, they don't need to fend for themselves, they take they get taken to the doctor, and because it's because of what they are to people. They are always the constant, happy, loving being. And it's funny you mention that because that's in that book. Yeah. So when I say to people, you know, be like a dog. Be yeah. the person who's smiling. Be the wagging tail. Yes. It's really hard for people not to look at you and, wow, I just got to smile. That's right. So be it's interesting you say that because it's the truth. That's it's in that point. book. Crazy. Because I was reading um, one of the books this morning and uh, I was watching um, PGA, Ch- uh, PGA Championships on this week. And unfortunately, um, a golfer from Australia just passed away from cancer. Uh, Gerald Bio, I think his name was. And so they, had, they were going on and on about some things. I looked up some stuff on Twitter, and I saw that that tweet uh, about the dog. And uh, it's totally right. We got our first dog a couple years ago, uh, Kirby. It's just been amazing, the, the laughter and joy and love he's brought into our house. So you are dead right on. That's a great model for us. Absolutely. You know, and, and be happy for people. Uh, I think I asked this question to you when you came and uh, spoke to my leadership class, but I'm going to ask it again, or maybe I didn't, and this will be the first time. Um, John O'Leary wrote a fantastic book called On Fire. And it's a fantastic story of uh, the tragedy that he went through um, being burned 100% of his body. Um, and today, he always asks this question to his, to his podcast guests. Uh, so I'm going to throw it out to you. I had a little twist to it, though, too. If you could be uh, on a bench sitting with somebody, there's two parts to this. The first part is, where would that bench be? Where is that That's that. God, that comfortable place, you feel close to God, you feel close to nature, whatever it is, you love that spot, Michigan, Florida, wherever. And who would you be talking to, uh, living or dead? What would you be talking about? The bench would be uh, in a park that's also in view of water. Mm -hmm. So very nature-oriented, very um, serene and peaceful. and if I could talk with anyone, it would certainly be Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, and I think uh, what I would be asking him is, how do you have the courage and the power to always be so forgiving? Mm. And one of the, my beliefs in forgiveness is that true forgiveness is not always for the person you're forgiving, but it's for self. Mm in that you no longer carry the burden of anger or the burden of sorrow or the burden of whatever it becomes for you. Uh, But to hear the explanation of how you can live that way at all times, I think would, I'm sure, be life-altering. Because I think that's one of the things that's most difficult for people to do is unload grief or sadness or anger so that they can be a better person themselves. Wow, that is powerful. Jumping ahead a little bit, do you think his answer would pertain to what he knows about you? And maybe what might that be? Well, first of all, he's all knowing about me, so I'm sure it would pertain directly to me in Mm -hmm. in a unique manner. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, what his answer would be probably would be as simplistic as he lived his life and always being forgiving. Is it you to be who you want to be and who you need to be? That is what you have to do. Mm. Because as soon as you alter that with the storage of something that is negative, you are no longer the best for others. Mm. So 
it's just an interesting and powerful statement, and I, I'm sure it would be unique, and I think uh, I think probably the most powerful thing I could hear. That's awesome. What a great point to reflect upon and just yes. do some thinking. Man, that's good. Good stuff. Hope you guys are getting this down. I'll, you know, you got to rewind something and uh, take some notes on some of the stuff that uh, Coach Pop has talked about. This is fantastic. A couple more questions for uh, Coach Rich Pop here. Um, lifelong educator. What does education need today that maybe it currently doesn't have? And speaking truthfully, I think it needs involvement of all people to be on the same page. I mm. think right now we have a government that's on a page, educators who are on a page, students who are on a page, and then very importantly, parents who are then on a page. Mm. And I truly believe right now they are four distinctively different pages. Interesting. And as soon as whatever it is that needs to take place gets us all on the same page, the students overall will be the greatest benefactors, but then us too as adults will be in that the students will be working towards the things they need to be working on, first of all, as people, and second of all, whatever educational skills they choose to get. Wow. I just think right now we have four different conversations going on and goodness how 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 could you have something that is stable when you have four different conversations going mm -hmm. on and right off the bat I don't believe the answer is money I just don't believe that's the answer I think there's lots and lots of money in lots of districts but there's still people who read below a third grade level in the seventh or eighth or ninth grade and I think it's a it's a commitment to what we need to change our world more than just change education. Mm. And that's being on the same page for our kids, and we're not. Isn't part of it those four parties, those four entities, those four stakeholders, understanding the fact that it is about the kids? Absolutely. Because we were all kids at one time. Yes. Right? And our kids grow up to be big people. You betcha. So, wow. Some adults even. Absolutely. <laughs> Still looking to grow up. So I, I spoke to staff, I speak to staffs now about how amazing they are, what an incredible job they are. But one of my points to them is is today, they're we're very foreign as educators, mm -hmm. and they, they kind of look at me with that look you just mm -hmm. gave me of the closed eye, like, huh? And what I mean by that is, when you stand before a group of kids, they are your total agenda. That's it. Coach Coach Daly talks to his students, and they are his only agenda. All of your plans. All of your thoughts, all of your ideas have gone into that group of students. You know, Coach Will when he has his gym class. You know, Coach Reem when he has his gym class. Coach Phillips when she has her math class. Coach Coffee when he has his math class. The students are the sole priority. And I don't think that happens everywhere anymore in their lives. Mm -hmm. I know that my sisters and my brother and myself were my parents' sole priority. Mm -hmm. I know that wholeheartedly. When I sat in a classroom, I knew it. But it wasn't foreign to me because I lived that life. Everything my parents did circled around us. And I think today a lot of, of, of that has changed for whatever reasons it's changed. Um, and again, it's, I'm not blaming anyone for anything. I'm just saying it's what I've seen over the change over since I was in school to now being 32 years into education. It's different. Wow. It's way different. And it's different because we're not all having the same conversation. Mm. Um, it's a yeah. point. It's almost a call for all hands on deck type of thing. It absolutely. If we want to make change, true change, and we want to put them first, and they're, you know, they are the priority. 
it is all hands on deck and let's ring every bell and siren and get going. Mm. Once you retire as an educator, Rich, is this still something that you're going to be involved in in some way, shape, or form? Well, there's no doubt that I'll, I'll be educating in some way, shape, or form at all times. Mm. Uh, I would love to get in front of other crowds and, and parents would be one group. Um, keeping in front of educators is one. Uh, to, to speak and to share what, what I've seen over the years, mm. you know, and hopefully what, what that does is spark a conversation between them because I'm sure they're far wiser than I, but sometimes something some, someone has lived and experienced helps spark a thought, which sparks a conversation, which sparks change. Mm. And hopefully that is something that I can be a part of. Love that. And that's very cool. That's very inspiring. I think I need to be around... Um, Helping you, you helping me, or something, because uh, I like that. Oh, that would certainly be my pleasure for sure. I like that train of thought. All right, as we wrap up here, um, I know football has been a big part of your life. Is there, um, obviously, there's a ton probably, but is there one story um, funny? It it could be funny, but a lasting memory that, um, whether it's been a player, uh, someone, a teammate, uh, something that just really stands out as being a great moment uh, because of football that kind of transformed into life, like the, just a, a fun story that made a difference? Well, I think it's really, really neat, that question, because I think it is absolutely a conglomeration of both teammates, players, and coaches, along with some parents who are mm. really, really involved. Nice. Wow. who helped lead me to understand at one time football for me was the game of football. Now it has truly become a vessel and an opportunity to have a vehicle to teach kids life, mm. which is way different than the game of football. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I've come to learn the game of football really doesn't have much to do with the game at all. Building relationships, learning desire, learning dedication, learning perseverance, overcoming adversity, all the things that you experience in life. Um, And I I point to my own um, experiences so often, not to point anything out to me, but because it's real. And if you get as a question, then I can really answer it. Um, You know, my wife up and left me in 1997 and my three children. And Mm. up and left, went to Germany up and left. And uh, it was something that was sudden. So you're sitting there with some choices to make. Am I going to be angry? Am I going to be hateful? Da, 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 da. Well, sure enough, all that just leads to the kids being hurt. So that can't be the route you take, right? So I give up all my coaching, and I'm learning to do pigtails in the hallway with my little girls, you know. And I'm, you know, learning that my five-year-old son needs this as a five-year-old son. Nope, he's not 10 yet. You can't teach him that way, you know. So you just, because of what I learned from the game of football, said, oh, perseverance, oh, overcome adversity, oh, you got to be dedicated, you know, in a totally different way. But because of those lessons, right there in front of you, there it is, and then you live life. So I would say all of those people involved, I can see myself as a five-year-old in the field at Garden City High School catching the extra points because my dad was doing stats, (laughs) but all those lessons equaled to, hey, listen, life-changing, let's go. You've got kids to take care of, and guess what? Your needs are done right now, and you need to focus. And I was so fortunate to have a wonderful family. Mom and my sisters and brother all helped out. 
uh, sisters, obviously, because I had two young girls at three and five, so they taught me so much about what was upcoming. Mm-hmm. Like, I had not lived through that <laughs> life, right? <That's> right. <laughs> so, so those and, and all the people involved uh, at every level in some way, shape, or form helped me become who I am in that way. Mm-hmm. And football is not a game. It is absolutely a vessel to teach life. So it's, it's become even more powerful and more fun for me that way. It's amazing. You are beyond blessed because oh, of that game. And I, and I would hate to see um, the results that if the game wasn't in your life, all the different people didn't introduce it, wasn't around, you were living somewhere else, and then this calamity hit, those lessons that you had, you, sure. you wouldn't have under your tool belt. Absolutely. And, and God, it served you so well because I think you bring that every day here. I really do. And I really appreciate that because if I didn't, I shouldn't be here. Mm. And, I, and I probably said when I was about eight or ten years into teaching, when I stopped missing kids in a break or over the summer, I don't need to be in it then right. because I wouldn't be servicing them how I should service them. Right. And that's 100%. Cool. So, yeah, I was uh, blessed to have that piece of knowledge at least dropped on me somewhere, shape, that's or awesome. form. Yeah. So you, like me, I'm, I'm looking forward to coming back. Absolutely. You know, I'm yeah. glad it's not tomorrow. Right. But, you know, I am, I'm looking <laughs> forward. A couple more days. Yeah, but yeah, I'm looking forward to coming back. So. And, and coming back early with football is so, is so nice for me because, you know, here's, you know, 80 to 100 kids who you know are going to be walking the halls. You know, and many of them I, I've known for a couple of years, but there are brand new freshmen coming in that are new faces that now have, you know, some relationships that they wouldn't otherwise have. Mm-hmm. So they'll walk those halls and they'll see me and wave, you know, so you get to start that relationship even before school starts. So That's awesome. That's yeah, powerful. Another blessing. That's cool. All right. Anything to wrap up with uh, little today's conversation? Hey, thank you so much. I'm honored to be on. I, I know you've had this going. I think it's cool. Your guests are phenomenal people. Uh, so just to be put into that group is a, is a very is a blessing itself. Oh, you're very welcome, and thank you too. And you I hope you. this isn't the only time we sit down and talk because I continue to learn something from you every time we we interact. Likewise, my friend. Awesome, very good. All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed uh, the conversation with Coach Rich Pop today. Uh, again, find me over on Facebook at Coach to Expect Success, and on Twitter at Coach to Success, and over on Instagram at Coach John Daly. And then, of course, you can find me uh, on my website at Coach to Expect Success dot com, and um, my blog has been updated a little bit. I got the link to all the podcasts, but I also have on the homepage a contacts page there. And then my top 26 book list, which if you're looking for something to read, and I'm on a good streak now. I've read four books this summer. Um, I'm looking for a fifth one, so I do have some lined up. And I need to continue reading throughout the year. And I, Coach and I, we've talked about this a little bit. Summertime's a great time to catch up on reading and some fun stuff, but I need to keep that habit going. So if there's anybody out there that has um, a little secret to keep that habit going, when you become busy... Uh, during certain times of the year, I'm, I'm all ears because uh, it is powerful. I do love doing it, and I hope you guys do too. So keep taking care of yourselves, keep taking care of each other, and we'll talk again soon. See you.